All right, so we've had six, this is our sixth week in our series, The Good Initiative. Super excited about today. This is Commitment Weekend where we're committing to the next several years, maybe even decades at Grace of all that we're going to do and all that we're going to see God do. And we're in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 10 and 11. And I love it. Paul's kind of wrapping it up and he's saying, here's what I want you to know and here's what I want you to do. And so as we jump into his word, we're going to read together. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 10. And he says these words, And in this matter I give my judgment, this benefits you, who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also to desire to do it. What's he talking about? We've been talking about this week after week. So Paul is acknowledging to the church of Corinth, hey, a year ago, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, you had this desire birth in you. Like God was working in your midst and you as a church decided, hey, there's this famine going on in, over where the church of Jerusalem is. And we want to help out. We want to send our finances. We want to show up and give generously to help this church because they're in need. And so he says, man, over a year ago, you, you had this desire, this change in your heart. And he says that, man, out of that desire, you wanted to do good. You wanted to give. You wanted to be generous. You wanted to show up in these people's lives. You know what I love about this? If I was going to just tease this out for a second, the church of Corinth was not a super mature church. You can gather that reading through the first letter. And what, what happens in the church of Corinth? There's many believers who are not far into their walk. So here's why this is encouraging. Whether you've been walking with the Lord for a long time or like the Corinthians, many of them haven't been walking with the Lord at all, not for long at all, that God can give you a new desire and that new desire literally can change the rest of your life. That God works in a moment. That's what God did in my life. I was doing my own thing, doing whatever I want, whenever I wanted. And then all of a sudden, God came in and said, I'm going to change you. I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to give you a new mind. I'm going to give you new desires. And those desires led to the entire change of my life, living differently, thinking differently, all those things. And so there's a three-step progression in these two verses. And I, I want to I talk about them. They're layered in here. And here's the first one. It talks about desires. So the first step I want us to consider today is, is that you would check your desires. What are they? Where are they? Do they align with God's word, with his truth? Do your desires align with the will of God? Are you following God? Do your desires line up with him? That's the first step. Check your desires. The second step in this is start the work. Start the work. He says, hey, Corinthian Church of Corinth, you've got this desire. You even committed to it on some level a year ago. And then you started to gather money. You started to put together this initiative, so to speak, this collection to work in their midst. And so the second step is, hey, you started this work in your life a year ago. And I'm coming to remind you of it. You, you, you had a desire and your desire turned into action on some level. We're going to get to step three in a second, but I want to just illustrate this for you in a practical way. we got a lot of students in this room, and so when I first came to Christ, 
I had these new desires, right? I wanted to do things differently. God was just working in my midst and in my heart. And one of those big shifts, one of those new desires, was when it came to the area of dating. Like, I dated a lot in middle school. I really did. I I dated a lot. And God began to work in my life and to show up and to say, hey, these relationships aren't just about you. They're not just about whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. I have called you. You are not your own. I've bought you with a price. I sent my son to die on a cross for you. He rose from the dead. You have a new life. And so I started to rethink, man, I don't just want to date anybody for just the fun of it and just do whatever I want. Instead, I now have a new master. And he tells me, hey, I've given you this new desire, and I want you to carry it out. And so dating looked different for me. I started to think, okay, if I'm going to date somebody, I want to do it God's way. I want to do it according to his word, according to his will. And so I went from however I want to now, I'm going to engage in a relationship with someone with intentionality, with boundaries, with things set up in my life. I want to pursue one, pursue someone who knows the Lord, who loves Jesus, and that we're going to live the rest of our lives together. And so as God was working this new desire in my heart and I started to work this out, dating looked different. And so when I met my wife, now Jean, here's what this looked like. This is where starting the work began. I went to this conference and it was actually, I think it was Chip Ingram. It was at North Point Church. And uh, he, he did this whole thing on marriage, dating, relationships, all the things. And he totally flipped the paradigm on me. I just saw it in a whole new light. And so I decided, man, I've got this girl, Jean, who I was friends with for like a year. We were like best friends at this point. We hung out in groups. We hung out with other friends a lot. And I was like, man, I like this girl. She's awesome. She loves Jesus. Like, I think this is a great fit. I don't know what she's going to say, but I'll find out, right? So I had, to, I had to start a work. I had to take a risk. I had to step in by faith. And so what I did is, is one night I took her out. We went to, it was the theater at our school, and it was just me and her. And I actually brought out, it's really kind of cheesy, you know, I brought out this, this pamphlet that I got at that conference, okay? And I actually, I told Jean I was going to be talking about it. I was like, hey, do you still have that, like, pamphlet? She's like, yeah, it's a, in a scrapbook. And she goes, Oh, the days that I had time to scrapbook. But anyways, okay, so she's like, whatever, I still have it. I was going to bring it up, but the scrapbook's ginormous. I didn't want to be like this up here, you know, opening pages, so I didn't do that. But here's what I did. I I literally sat down with her. Actually, I was standing, and I go, hey, listen, like, I like you. I think you like me. And it was this cheesy, awkward moment. And what I basically said to her is, is, hey, I want to do this God's way. You mean the world to me. I want to date you. And what that means is, is that I'm not going to pursue anyone else in this season. Unless God says otherwise, it's you. The long-term goal is marriage. And I know it sounds super serious, but like I was doing it with intentionality. We created boundaries. We talked about all these things. We had other people speaking into our lives. So I had this new desire and I started the work. I made a commitment to now my wife, right? And it was beautiful. She said yes, obviously. And so the, the rest is history. But that was the process that we, we took. And so he, here's the deal. In this next verse, it's going to show step three. Remember I said it's a three-step progression. So, and what's fascinating to me is that in verse 10, it says that doing step three 
will actually benefit you. It will bring you joy. Let's look at the text. Verse, I'm going to read verse 10 again. He says, and in this matter I give my judgment. This benefits you. The NIV translates it this way. What is best for you? Who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also the desire to do it. Verse 11. So now, third step, finish doing it. Finish doing it as well so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing out of what you have. So the third step is finish what you started. So God gives you this new desire. You start the work. And then he says, hey, you started this a year ago. Now I'm calling on you, Church of Corinth, finish what you started. Don't just talk. Actually do what God's calling you to do. Actually do what was in your heart. Actually carry out the mission. Finish what you started. That's the picture. You know what I love about this? I think about my own relationship. I want to go back to it again. My relationship with Gene. So we started dating. We had committed, right? We, we started the good work and we had boundaries and all those things. As we're moving and progressing, we took this, everything was going well, but you know, things were rocky, you know, at times and things were tough and all that, normal. We took this test, okay, as a personality test. And it's basically to show whether or not you're a good match. We failed the test. And I was sitting there going like, what does this mean? <laughs> like, we're, it's over. Like, this test is foolproof. Like, oh my gosh, we're not going to make it. And so I'm like literally spiraling. My wife's crying because she's like, oh, it's the test. We're, we're done, right? All the things. And so as we're walking through this, what do we hit? We hit conflict. We hit turmoil. We hit this moment where we're like, God, uh, we, we, we had this desire. We thought it was good. We started the work. We're carrying out the work. We're trying to honor you in this relationship. We're doing all the things. We really like each other, but this test just wrecked us. Like, God, what are you doing? Right? And I remember taking Jean, dropping her off at the dorm, and I was walking back, and I was like, God, is this just it? Like, we're doing everything. We're, we get along great, you know, blah, blah, blah. We want to do the mission of God. Like, I'm sitting here crying out to God. James comes to mind. And he says, wisdom from above is pure and full of peace. And I kid you not, the peace of God flooded my body. And it just covered me. And it was this moment where God was saying, I'm with you, I'm for you, finish what you started. Keep pursuing this. This is good and right. There's joy in this. It, it, the, the text even says in James that it bears fruit. And our relationship was bearing fruit in many of the right ways. And so I took that and I said, all right, God, we're gonna, we got engaged, we got married, the rest is history, right? She said, yes, okay? So all that was good, all right? Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Still going good, all right? But he, here's the deal. Finish what you started. You, have to, you still have to walk it out, right? How many of you, I just want to get practical for you. The, the context of this passage is generosity, the context is one church giving to an initiative, giving to a cause, fixing a problem. That's the context here. But I want to I span out from the context here. I want you to consider your life. Just think about it for a moment. How many of you, God gave you a new desire? He's changed your desires about something in your life in a good way. And he's saying, 
I want you to start the work. And you even did that. You started the work. And now you've hit some bumps. You've hit some issues. You've hit some things. And he's coming to you and he's saying, finish that work. I birthed a really amazing thing in your life. Whatever it is, whatever area it is, whether it's in your family, at your job, whatever it is, I started something beautiful. You were working at it. Now finish it. Finish what you started. And so I want to give you some practical ways to think about this. Whatever step, stage you are in. So here's the first one. Okay? Think about this. Where is God saying, here's the problem? So number one, your desires, right? Check your desires. Are my desires off? Am I chasing something that God doesn't want me to chase? Am I pursuing something that God has no business in and has me wanting to be out of it, right? If that's the case, confess and repent. Say, man, God, I'm so sorry. I've been pursuing this desire. I tried to make it and justify it like it was yours or that my desire was good. But God, I confess that. I repent. I turn from that desire and I'm going to live differently. And God, would you help me? Would you give me the right desire? Would you, as the psalmist says, would you help me to delight myself so much in the Lord that he would give the desires of my heart, that he would grant me the right desires and that I would actually carry those out? That's step one. Are my desires your desires? Is my will your will? Step two, maybe you've checked your heart, your desires aren't wrong, you just haven't acted on them. You've got this thing and it's boiling up and God's saying, hey, I want you to start moving. So that's this moment where you, wherever you are, whatever it is, God, would you help me? Would you show up in my life? Would you speak? Would you help me to take that next step towards Christ? Whatever it is, God, give me the strength and the power and the grace and the mercy to carry this out, to start a good work that you've began in my heart. I don't, I don't know what it is in your life. But I guarantee you something, God is stirring something, saying, start the work, pursue it, go after it, take your next step, third step. Maybe your desires are right, you're doing the right thing, you're just weary, you're tired, you you feel depleted, you feel like, man, I've been doing this for a while. Yeah, God gave me the desire, I started it, I've been working at it, and I just feel like quitting. I feel like quitting. I think of Galatians chapter 6. Don't get bogged down. Don't get weary to the place of where you aren't continuing to do good. Seek the Lord. Ask God to refresh you, to renew you, to remind you of Him. Taking your eyes off whatever it is and fixing your eyes on Him to invigorate you and to challenge you and to grow you and to push you through to your next step in Christ. Which one is it for you? Where's God processing you need to check your desires, you need to start a work, or do you need to finish something that you started, that God started in you? And so this weekend is commitment weekend, and just like I handed Gene a commitment, this pamphlet, this card, so to speak, and we committed together 17 years ago, we're going to do that today. So what we're going to do is, is as a church, we're going to commit to do good in our area. And so I want to talk about that for a minute. I want to talk about the good that we want to do because there's two things that we as a leadership see in our area, especially Central Florida. We see this lack or this, this faltering, so to speak, 
of truth and love. Both truth and love. We've seen organizations, we've seen churches. Some of you have been a part of these organizations or these churches where they walked away from the truth, maybe ever so slightly, but then it grew and it grew and it brought damage and destruction among families, among marriages, among people's lives. So that's the first one. We've seen that. And we want to be a place of truth. That's why it matters so much that every week, every Sunday, we teach and preach the Bible. We teach the Scriptures because that's where the truth is. And when you get away from the Scriptures, you get away from the truth, right? And so we are committed to preaching and teaching the Scriptures, the Word of God, week after week in its context, in its way, so that people can know truth, can live by truth, can cling to the truth. So they can take their next step towards Christ. So they can hear the gospel because the gospel is really what saves them, right? So that's that side. We want to do good so that people can receive and hear and know truth. But it's not just that that we see that's, that's not going well in our area. It's, it's, it's also not just truth, but it's love. We've seen I, I, I don't know how many people I've talked to, and many of you have talked to, some of you are these people, where you were part of the church hurt, and you've got questions, you've got concerns, you don't know which way is up, sideways, down, and so you're lost feeling, even though you want to have a relationship with Jesus. So what happens is people show up and they have questions, and people put their, their arm up, and they're like, no, you just need to know Jesus. You just need to pursue Jesus. Don't ask me all these questions. Don't come with your hurt. Don't come with your pain. And so we want to be a place of teaching and healing, of truth and love. We want to be a place, and we have been for so many people over these last couple of years in central Florida, of people coming and receiving counseling and hope and life. That's the goal. And so out of this initiative, I'm going to talk through a couple of things that we're doing in case you're new. So the first one, the most prominent one for us, is that we are making a commitment today to say, hey, we're going to get a building in our area. Super excited about that. And and here's what this does. It sets us up to be a place where truth and love takes place on a a seven-day-a-week basis, where children are laughing and playing and happy and hearing the gospel, where the Word is preached, where resources are flooded so that we can pour out to others. It's going to be an amazing thing. It's going to be an amazing place so that we don't have to show up on a Sunday like today and the AC isn't working. I don't know if you're hot today. That's probably why. It's been that way for the past three weeks and they've been working on it. So some of that will go away. There's so many other things I could say about what a building will and can do. But I want to pursue the spiritual side as we continue. Not only do we want a building, but we also received a building at Grace at the other campus the Center for Teaching and Healing. It's going to be a hub for people to find healing and hope in their lives. And those hubs are going to branch out to our area where we're going to have counseling, where we're going to have centers for teaching and healing, where in, in Oviedo, in Winter Garden, in Maitland. And so our hope is, is that people will come and they'll find true healing. Let me give you an example, okay? If somebody, let's just imagine with me for a second. Let's say somebody, sh- I'm, I'm driving down the street, I see somebody get into a wreck, 
okay? And I show up on the scene. I'm the first one there, and I, I enter in the car, and there's a guy in the car screaming his head off, okay? He's hurt. And as I get into the car, I'm like, hey, man, are you okay? And he's like, no, I'm not okay. Like, he's yelling. He's frantic. He's hurting, right? And I go, what's going on? He's like, it's my leg. And I realize his leg is broken. It's clean. I can see it. Now, I have two options. I'm a pastor. I'm equipped with the gospel, right? If I show up on the scene, I'm like, man, you're in a lot of pain. I want to help you. Do you know Jesus? Here's the gospel. Or do I take him to the hospital or call 911 and say, hey, we need to get you help, right? I have that option. What am I going to do? Am I going to say that, you know, the gospel doesn't matter and that you need healing and truth and all these things and only Jesus can get you? No, I'm not going to think that way. Why? Because the guy's in pain. He's hurting. And in order for me to actually share the gospel with him, he's got to get, get his focus off of his leg for a hot minute to where he can receive truth. In the same way, we've got people who are hurting in our area And what we're trying to do is shove the gospel at times down their throats instead of actually helping them find Jesus. And so our hope is, is that as we continue to build a reputation as a church of truth and love, that people would feel comfortable to come and find healing and find Jesus. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to do good through these various ways, through creating a space for us to gather regularly and to pour out into our community. And then a, a center of teaching and healing. And then at our Winter Garden campus, we're also giving towards helping them get many staff at their campus because they're growing and God's moving and working. And so this isn't a huge initiative for us and for all the campus as we seek God to do incredible things in our area. And so that's where we're headed. And so tonight, or this morning, in just a moment, you're going to see a video And it's from our advanced commitment night. And it's this picture of our leaders going before us and saying, hey, we're committed to this and we're going to take the first step. And so if you turn your attentions to the screens, you can watch that. Father, we come before you right now and we're so excited for advanced commitment night. God, we know that this is the beginning of something that you birthed in us a long time ago, that you have the desire for grace to be a place of teaching and a healing and restoration for people's hearts are broken all over Central Florida. And I pray that it just is a confirmation to so many who are here tonight that what they've prayed about and what they've talked about and what they've engaged with during the Good Initiative is exactly where they need to be. Be with us tonight as we do what we need to do in order for these folks to be able to take their next step toward Christ. It's in your name we pray, amen. All right, you guys, let's stand up, let's sing, let's celebrate our Savior together tonight. I am so excited to be a part of the Good Initiative because this commitment means to me trust. It means hope, it means healing, it means all of that for my family and me, but also for the community that needs it so desperately. We're going to have a faithful reliance on God's provision to actually truly believe that He is good and that good is ahead in our lives. Because of this, we can do good, we can expect the good, and we're going to proclaim the good. Exactly six years ago tonight, we had our first advanced commitment night for big generosity to be able to get the building that we have next door. And you know what? We met here, and this church, Circle Community Church, 
allowed us to use their facility for our children and we had our commitment night over there. And now we're on this property and God has given the entire building to us. Isn't that amazing? The reason that we were very excited about being a part of this is because we've seen God work in amazing ways. The Good Initiative has really, I think, uh, caused us both to surrender completely. We have asked God for um, Him to turn our hearts to be more generous in our giving, uh, because what we have is His, and so we want to be generous in giving back what is already His. Our resources are were given to us by the Lord in the first place, and they're they're His anyways. So, um, so giving them back to the church and through this initiative is really an act of obedience for us. We all have such an incredible opportunity to trust God and sacrifice our time and our money and let Him work through us so that more people can be pointed to Jesus for healing. I believe that all of the stuff that we're doing right now is going to form the hearts of so many people who don't yet know Christ, who need to hear the gospel, who walk in shame and walk in guilt and walk in fear and walk in anxiety. And what they need to know is that Jesus loves them. And you know what? There's just not a lot of people out there screaming that. But what we are going to do is release an army of people into Central Florida to say, we're here to show the love of Jesus Christ. Because the love of Jesus Christ heals. It sets free. It gives freedom to the captive. And that's what our church is about. Amen? It's an opportunity to take a step into something that I don't normally do. I'm not normally comfortable with or like at least push the boundaries of something that I was already doing. And so it's a good way to like stretch my faith. I get to join with a band of other people to help bring Christ to Orlando. We've been in seasons where we had to be completely and wholly dependent on Him, and we never want to lose that. We always want to be dependent on Him no matter what our life looks like. This is the first time where I'm, I'm putting the ball back in God's court, and I'm saying the only way this is going to happen is if you do it. That's why I'm here tonight. Do good. Expect the good. Proclaim the good. Good is ahead. Now we're gonna take some time to commit as a church. And so we've got these commitment cards at your seats. We'd love for you to take some time to pray and to fill these out. And in there, it's your two year commitment to all that God's gonna do in the coming years. Now we'd love for you to fill that out. You can just put the number at the bottom if, if you don't wanna fill it all out in your name and, and all the rest. Gene um, and I are gonna come back up and we're gonna go first. But for this time right now, we want you to pray and to see God because really what we're doing now is we're starting the work. We're committing to say, hey, this is what we're going to do over these next two years. So y'all take some time.